Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of Week Off Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin and have with me. He's the king of the casters and Brett. I don't know. You, you like talking to talented people? I do. I do, in fact. And and this time it's 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 a twofer. Not one, but two. So we're Ooh. welcoming back the amazing Chaz West. You know, had him on the show a couple of times. Wonderful fella. Always love talking to him. But now we also have his westbound buddy, Jimmy Burkhardt, the guitarist. Jimmy, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Glad to be on your show. Well, we're happy it's to have you. Four. It's a two-four. It's practically a gangbang. <laughs> oh! <Hey-o. laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we're so starting we're off low. Okay. Yeah. So we're having a threesome, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's, uh, <laughs> A while since I did one of those. Setting the mood for the show. Yeah, you yeah. know that's what you can expect on the We Talk Music podcast. Right. Well, I like the fact that you started it, so it's okay. I just, <laughs> they can't give me shit about it. That's <laughs> right. No. <laughs> so the reason that you you guys are on is we are here to talk about "Don't Stand in My Sunshine," your new song. Um, so, Chaz, you know, why don't you start by telling us? Uh, how the song came about and uh, and why this one was the one that kind of uh, jumped out as the first single. Well, the song was written by a producer, co-writer Roy Z, you know, who did uh, Westbound Volume 1. He and I, he and I together. Um, and we got the idea because we were watching a movie that stars, excuse me, stars George Clooney called Brother, Where Art Thou? I don't know if you've ever seen it. It came oh, out about 20 great, years ago. Great, great movie. movie. Exactly. And the premise is, you know, they're basically escaping from the law. They, you know, broke out of the chain gang and they start singing together. And someone says to them, hey, you know, you can sing into the the tin can and make ten dollars. You know, (laughs) they meant the microphone, but because it's the beginning of radio and uh, and it's probably worth what? I mean, ten dollars then was about over a thousand dollars, maybe. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So. You know, right. So and they call themselves the Soggy Bottom Boys and they had this song and we were watching the movie and we both heard this song and went, wow, this song is killer. This is great. What if we did something like that and modernized it a bit? I think it would be a great idea. And that's how the song came about. It was from that idea. And of course, you know, there's the part, the bridge upbeat part, which is, you know, basically uh, it's taken from, you know, uh, when the levee breaks a bit. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, I wanted to have the bluesy, you know, feel to it. That's why I played blues harp on it. Um, And uh, even has, dare I say, a bit of country, you know, style to it. Um, So we just thought, I just thought, you know what? This song stands out and it's different than anything else we had already put out and done. So that's why I thought it would really, really be a cool thing to put out as the first single for our sophomore record. Well, now I just really want to hear you. Um, you do uh, "Man of Constant Sorrow" for us too. So, <laughs> okay, I'll owe you that one. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Jimmy, what's what's your process like? Once once you once you know Chaz and Roy kind of come up with the idea, where do you fit in? It's it's pretty easy because my style fits right in with that bluesy rock kind of thing. It's in my veins. It's what I listened to growing up. So I come right along and just, you know, add add my DNA into that, which, which is the way I play. And it fits right in with that style, So which is perfect. And the same way as 
we continue on. We're working on a new song now. Same thing. I'll give Chaz ideas. Right. And he right. picks the ones he likes. And then we go ahead and develop those, you know. So we're, we're trying to be organic, trying to trying to write stuff that we can that we get behind, we can feel. It's it's retro, but it's not we're not doing it to be dated. It's just it's what we love. We want it to sound Correct. familiar, but, but have that feel, you know. Yeah. yeah, I always I always use the analogy. It's kind of like we take all our influences, you know, put it all in a blender, mix it up, you know, drink yeah. it down, and that's what comes out, you know. So, absolutely, um, you know, because uh, we're all on the same page, you know, as far as influences and you know, mm -hmm. uh, so forth and so on, which is great because you know it, that was one of the reasons I was very careful about who I wanted in the band you know i wanted us to be all you know basically want the same thing or into the same thing i mean it's one thing if like like our keyboard player he's more into abba but you know abba i love abba you know i mean they were amazing in what they did but overall like jimmy said the style the hard yeah. rock blues influence you know mm -hmm. was really our thing so mm -hmm. i hate abba i gotta be honest <laughs> I, you hate abba like the okay. only band. i like the only band i hate i <laughs> well, you got to admire. They did write some great songs, and the harm, the vocals, harmonies. Dude, they sure. were amazing. You know, it's funny. The guy when I was with Bonham, the guy who signed us is the one who signed Abba, Jerry Greenberg, oh, really? when he was at Atlantic yeah. Records. Yeah, he's the one who signed Abba. Yeah. Well, he does have an eye for talent. I'll give him that. Oh Agreed. yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, I I'll mean, give you another. I'll give you another little history lesson. Uh, Led Zeppelin recorded the record "Presence" at their studio in Sweden, at Abba's studio. That's right, state yep. of the art at the time. Yeah, yeah, yep, that is correct. And Jimmy, I mean, and Robert was in a wheelchair because he had broken his leg in a, an accident the previous summer. So I heard all about the stories with that. So. <laughs> Yeah. No, there's no question. A lot of inside stories. Yes. Oh yeah. Now that I think, now I think about it. Oh yeah, I resemble that <laughs> remark. <laughs> <laughs> so then, how many songs? Um, how many songs have you got done right now? How many songs are you going to work on? And and what's kind of your timeline for Volume Two? Well, Volume Two probably is not going to be out obviously till sometime next year. And right now, we're pretty much more in the writing process. Uh, we've started to record a bit, obviously, starting with that song, with Don't Stand in My Sunshine. And um, there's a few others that we've already demoing right now. And mm -hmm. um, then, uh, you know, we'll add the finishing finishing touches and, you know, uh, you know, put the icing on the cake, as they say, later on. But, uh, you know, I, um, we don't want to rush things. I want to take this year to complete the entire record and do it right. And so, you know, so it, maybe it'll come out, yeah, you know, spring, something like that of next year. But in between that, we're going to have at least two more singles with videos to accompany that, those. So, uh, you know, I mean, so, I've, you know, it keeps everybody like, no, no, we're working hard. We're still out of yours. Here's another little taste of things, to, you know, to come. Yeah. And this right. the new video is, I think it's being edited now, right, Chaz? Maybe in Correct. a month it might be out. Correct. Yeah. yeah, it should be out. Um, I'm thinking maybe more towards the latter part of next month, something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I think it, I think it said a few weeks, um, uh, before, but mm -hmm. uh, but yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I. I'm. You know, we want to do it right, like I said, and uh, they're still editing it. I haven't even yeah, seen wow. a first edit yet, so I'm thinking wow. it's going to be, you know, at least a 
another three, four weeks. A lot of good footage we shot down oh, just yeah. outside of Nashville. Great time. Great yeah. footage just from what I saw when we were filming. So it's going right, to be Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we were on an eight-acre estate that had a barn and had a you know waterfall and a man-made lake. And it really fit the, you know, the mood of the song, the scenery, you know, for that song in particular. That's why I knew, like, the fact that we were able to do it in Nashville or right outside of Nashville. It was perfect, mm -hmm. you know, for that tune. I noticed you changed labels with it for volume two. What's the, uh, Correct. what's the reasoning behind that and how's it going so far? That was great. The people that run it, they're called legendary artists, and I've known them for many years. Um, and they just they offered me a better deal you know, than Frontiers did. I mean, I'm very grateful. I'll always be grateful to Serafino and Mario at, at uh, Frontiers Music because they gave me an opportunity, which let me have my own vehicle, which I can, you know, then be able to make my own, you know, our brand, our brand. I say Westbound, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and I'll always be grateful to them for that. But, you know, uh, these are friends of mine that I've known for many years and, you know, they just gave, made me a better offer. And, and then we're a little, it's a little bit more personal. Like they're, they're not, you know, Frontiers signs a lot of bands. <laughs> they mm -hmm. put out a lot of records and we're the first band that's got the sign to this new label. It's a brand new label, you know, and, and we're a priority, you know, and we're not getting shoved, you know, you know, swept under the rug type thing, yeah. which can happen sometimes with labels when they sign so many acts. But as I said, I'll always be grateful to them because they gave me the opportunity to be able to do this and take it to the next level, you know, and have my own thing. So and, there you go. And with with legendary too, like Chaz mentioned, we do they we get we get more attention from the label and there's there's a bit more freedom too to Correct. do what artistic freedom yeah feel and what what we want to do as opposed to you know this is what you're going to play and that's what we want to hear it's, right you know, right it was a little yeah they roy yeah. z and i you know we were dictated a bit more as yeah. to like well that happens know, i mean lot. yeah it wasn't too much look they gave us but it, not as much as legendary artists so it was yeah. it was quite a few reasons why i decided you know let's go with this new label so how's, how's yeah. that changed the sound for the upcoming album then not really too much i mean um you're still going to be similar i mean a lot of the fans that love volume one will still i hope love volume two it's just maybe as much maybe volume one was more 80s influenced here and there a bit of 70s whereas this one maybe will be a little more 70s because of more of a blues influence Yes, yeah, um, 70s blues rock. Right. The like all the artists but... that we loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Jimmy just said, growing up, you know, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, yeah. you know, the list goes on. Um, have a little bit more of that. That's why I was able to play blues harp on this, you know, on this song, you know. Harmonica, for those who don't know what blues harp is. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but there's a difference because, you know, harmonica is like Bob Dylan. You know, uh, you listen to Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen. They're, they're not playing blues harp. I'm playing blues harp like Steven Tyler, Robert Plant, Roger Daltrey, Mick Jagger. You know, there's a difference. So that's why we call it blues harp. But yeah, I mean, that's just an example. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's going to be still, you know, versatile. Um, mm -hmm. and, and like I said, we're still in the process of writing and, you know, narrowing down what songs you know what 10 11 songs will be on the record you know the final record you a blues mm -hmm. harp master would you consider yourself 
Not at all. Not in the least. I'm, look, I'm not. <laughs> I'm no John Popper. Okay. <laughs> like, he's the master, man. He, he's sounding good though. He knows. Oh, he knows thanks, which bro. key to grab, and you know. He's, right. He's, well, it's he's all by it, ear. It's all by ear. Yeah. You know? Be quite honest with you, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just, it's all by feel. <laughs> I really, honestly, I'll tell That's you, the story. Best I tried for years trying to get that sound, and I. It, yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day it clicked. I was on the road years ago, and it clicked one day. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Does this sound? I think I think I'm getting it. It sounds right." And so it just played more and more yeah. and more. And you know, then it became just more natural. And uh, you know, and I'm like, now I can incorporate this into because I did try for years and I could not get that sound. You know that Whoa! sound. Uh, yeah, you got it now. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, and a lot of it is, is you know, tongue placement and, you know, your lips and things like that, which, no, which no. was try Basically, I learned by trial. And, again. Well, here we go again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's by, it was by trial and error. All right, you pervs. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, um, is there more opportunity for you to use the blues harp when you're uh, when you're playing on this album now now that you're feeling more comfortable do you, do you possibly kind of... if the song fits for you know calls for it i'm not going to just well it's got to have blues harp because i want to have it in there no it has to call for it but uh you know i'm sure you know i'm open to that and you know i'm there's probably a good strong possibility that i'll be using it on you know one or two other songs at least on mm -hmm. the record you know i'm live we already i've already incorporated it so so yeah, you know, you know, we'll see uh, when everything's all done. Like I said, we're still in the process of putting this whole record together. Um, whether or not it's going to be called Volume Two, I don't know. You know, maybe there's a strong chance it will be, but I'm not setting that in stone yet. So <clears throat> we'll see. How about you, Jimmy? You going to play some horn or something like that on the album too? You got <laughs> something else? You know, I could give it a try, maybe kazoo, but I don't know about yeah. any other forms of brass. Kazoo, I, like I can do. I can do that, you know. Kazoo, and I'll play some bongos. There we go. Yeah, man. Nice. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, Gillen played bongos, so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. That would just keep that nice, uh, that nice musical, uh, you know, like the same vibe throughout there. And suddenly, suddenly, kazoo and bongo. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, something unique in this day and age. Who knows? I don't think anything would be, you know, shocking. So, uh, yeah. but, but you yeah. know, it has to fit the song. Whatever, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in all seriousness, it has to fit the feel. You know, um, I knew right away when we wrote that song with "Don't Stand in My Sunshine" that oh, this is the perfect song for blues song. So, there you go. What when you're doing so so you you say that you're going to do a few singles before the album comes out now when you talk about doing singles and then when you talk about adding the rest of the songs from the album like do you think okay this is kind of the vibe of these singles we want to try to keep a similar vibe for the rest of the album is that something that's on your mind for writing not really no and especially the fact that this song is so different, you know, because it's, like I said, very bluesy. It's almost like, you know, sitting around a, a campfire with an acoustic guitar and a blues harp, you know? Um, it's, you know, um, so not necessarily. Um, but obviously, well, the good, like, like Jimmy pointed out, we have more artistic freedom now with this new label. So it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, no, this is that, does that. We need another song that sounds like that, which is, you know, what I dealt with before. Um, 
So, but I do think it's going to be cohesive. Um, and yeah. we're not going to, you know, all of a sudden start do something that sounds like electric light orchestra. I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm just using that as an example. We're not going to go way off into left field. But, but yeah, I mean, we could maybe be a, a little bit more experimental and a little bit more open. But we still know our, like I said, our influences and our core audience expects to hear the hard rock blues influences, which is uh, who we are. And that's what the band is all about, you know. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. all so much better than ABBA. Jeff Lynn, I think, is a genius. I Absolutely. Really he is. So, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I would I wish I could be that good, that amazing. You know, I mean, but uh, but yeah, you know, I, you never know. I mean, look what I mean, as an example, look what Zeppelin did, you know, when they when they all of a sudden did Kashmir and stuff like that, you know, from, you know, going from basically just blues hard rock to you know incorporating keys like van halen what they did you know so you never know i mean it's it's not planned out it just like yeah. hey what what about this you know and we'll still have our stamp on it but we're not right. opposed to trying some different feels and things, exactly you know? there you go you, you talked about you know i mean it needs to fit the song i'm also then for a guitar solo i mean where you want to have the freedom but you have to fit the song where's the sweet spot Jimmy, it's up to you. Go for it. Sweet spot on that. You, you really that it comes down to feel again, and it's mm -hmm. it's more. It's almost more instinctive. You, you right. just know it when you hear it. Like I, I can try. I'll try different things. Like okay, let me let me just rip on this, or then I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Now let me try. Let me try doing just some melodic lines on this, like like almost mirroring the vocal lines. So those are two different approaches. And you can maybe you can do either one of those or you combine those. But it when you when I'm listening back, that's when I know, okay, yes, that's working. That is not. You know, that's how I approach that solo. It's interesting to think about the, the self-editing that you must need to do. Because it I mean it could be yeah. easy to get off and just go into your own world. Right. Oh, totally. And the, oh, and there's always there's there's parts you just want to leave. You're like, oh, that's so great, you know. But it's like, nah, you know what? It doesn't need to be. Doesn't there, so fit this song, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe save there's, it for something else, right? Yeah. yeah, and and there's room elsewhere. There's just so many ways to express yourself on guitar. So there, there's always room. It's it's fine, you know. Yeah, you can never never be selfish. Serve the song, you know. Right. Agree. Yeah. Well done. Mm -hmm. so then jimmy when you're you know when you're choosing a guitar to play on the song like how many guitars do you typically have like do you have and then how many do you kind of typically like to throw into an album i have about a dozen which isn't bad compared to some guys <laughs> uh and i'm mainly a les paul guy so i like humbuckers into marshalls <laughs> that's my sound um so, and then that's going to come down to the song. Do we want it a little bit cleaner with a bit of an edge to it? That way, I'm, maybe I'd go more single coil guitar, like, you know, Fender style. But if if I want, you want just some really good dirt and grease on it, I'm going to go humbucker and get some, you know, get some good dirt going on it. And uh, you can blend, which is always really cool. You know, I love that in all the old recordings, you know, the Zeppelins and the Stones and Aerosmith. Right. You got a, You got a single coil, you got a humbucker guitar, different tracks, panning. I mean, that's different textures. So it's like painting. 
you know, you got your palate. So, yeah, and plus again, humbucker also sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to get laid more. Going down that road again. Humbucker, baby. I think it's zero on my mind the lead sexual innuendos. <laughs> That's usually the lead singer who does that. <laughs> You've rock, taken hey, rock and roll. That's right. So, Chaz, then when it when it comes down to like the guitar and the other instruments, like how much kind of input and feedback do you have, you know, towards their sound and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, I try to give them freedom to you know what they feel, but if I you know if I feel strongly about something, I will speak up you know, and not that I'm a, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a guitarist at all. You know, I know my basic chords for writing and things like that for I, melody ideas, but I just know what sounds right, what feels right. And like Jimmy pointed out and like, well, maybe if you try something a little different here or what about this, you know? Um, yeah. Even you know. on the first record, you know, when I'm besides writing with Roy Z, I even wrote with Brian Tishy, you know, who's a good friend and, uh, He's an amazing drummer, but he's also a great guitarist. Um, one song that was on the first record, Ain't Gonna Drown, we wrote the bridge first. That was the first part of the song. And then he said, what do you think about it? And I said, well, what about this? And then from that, we built it. So, you know, um, but I also, you know, as far as a guitarist, you know, as far in Jimmy's position, yeah, I always try to give him the freedom. And, uh, and Tom, sometimes he'll send me a couple of different versions. Like, which, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Like, this is better? What about this? And, you know, Roy Z, yeah. same thing, you know? I mean, and that, that's We're, the great thing about working one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in the studio and, and mm -hmm. having the creative freedom to be able to do what you want to do and what you feel and, and not dictate it to like, oh, no, we got to keep it like this. And, you yeah. know, but at the same time, not going off the deep end <laughs> and, you know, and we're that song. And, and we're like Chaz has us in the band because he likes the way we sound and, and our mm -hmm. our exactly. whole persona so that helps right there but as you as you mentioned yeah if he hears like a line that he's and you know what yeah I, I don't I'm not feeling it try something else or maybe a Correct. tone I'm not feeling that let's try it. yeah he'll, he will say that you know and let right. us know yeah right exactly I, I guess it's all about the chemistry both not when you're playing like there needs to be chemistry when you're playing there also needs to be chemistry when you're not i guess and when you're talking about the music and the songs and the recording you know and that's yes. just finding oh, yeah. both of those things is you're, you're spot difficult. on yeah you're spot on because yeah even when i was putting the band together that's why i was very i wanted you know not only as far as you know players but also that we had good chemistry between us and we, we had the same we wanted to say as far as the same influences and you know want to go in the right. same musical direction you know because that was really important to me because i'm like i don't want to have a battle you know this is you know, you know i finally got yeah my you gotta get along you travel exactly you know, you got not all even talking. Time between right. stage stage is just you know a couple hours maybe but then you got right. the rest of those days you get you know you got to be able to get along and hang you know but that's yeah, but that's on a personal level. But even on a musical level, you know, yeah. and on stage, I always see there's like an unspoken language. So if you know, if there's real oh, yeah. musical chemistry between the band, you know, and mm -hmm. and I felt it now, I, and I hadn't felt it since I was with uh, Bonham, with Jason Bonham band, you know, and and I was like, I knew when it was there because I felt it with them, and I'm like, 
So with Westbound, I, I feel it. I, I knew after the first gig or two, the first gig we did, the whiskey, I knew right away, yes, this is what <laughs> I wanted, you know. Um, and, you know, I was always very, I was very careful about who I wanted in the band. It's not a project. This is a fucking band, a real band, you know. And, and you know, as I, I use the analogy, you know, pros and bros, you know, as Jimmy just pointed out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got to be able to get along both on a musical level and also on a personal level and have a good sense of humor, because that's really important to survive on the road. That's one thing I learned, you know, yeah. one of the things I learned over the years. So, you know, you got to roll with the punches, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's got any yeah. great rib stories from on the rope and any, any great ribs that were pulled on you or you pulled on somebody? Um, yeah, there was a couple of times. They got me once. They did get me once, but I, I realized it right away. Um, let me think. What's a good one? Um, let me th- hold on. Let me think. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, can't I can't go there. Mm, don't the go there. Be, the yeah, I better be. not go there. Yeah, it's probably best I don't. <laughs> it's probably best I don't. <laughs> but there was some good times yeah i mean and you live and learn you know and i and i you had to have you had to be able to you know be tough skinned (laughs) i learned that you know on the road you know you can't be too sensitive you let everything get to you forget it you'll fall apart and you don't belong in this industry that you know (laughs) so yeah you know that's all i can say and we do we bust each other's chops but in a in a friendly loving way you know, mm-hmm. it's never it's never vicious. And it's a, a little private circle. Anybody else from the outside? No, no, you don't get to step in. And then all of a sudden think that you can, you know, say this or be, act this way towards one of our you know, family members. Wrong. You know, because mm-hmm. so, I'm also very protective and, and very like, yeah, no, no. These are my bros. These are my boys. No, you, you no. Yeah, that does not fly here. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh. Now you, you yeah. talked about. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, but you, you talked about playing the whiskey and stuff like that, and that's where you knew. Like, w- what is it like to play a venue that has as much history as the whiskey? Oh, it's great. I mean, I played there. I, you know, I played there with Bonham back in the '90s and was sold out, and that was like, wow, you know. And this is this is where Jim Morrison stood, you know. And Led Zeppelin played one of their first gigs in you know, in America there in '69, actually on my birthday. So, um, you know, that it was it's amazing. You feel the vibe. And I knew the owner, Mario, quite well. Um, you know, the first time we played, I, he'd already passed, but he passed the year prior. But I played there, like I said, in the 90s with Bonham. And, you know, he came and, and everything. I got to know him quite well. And his son is a good friend of mine. So, yeah, you feel the energy and the vibe there. Totally. And oh, they yeah. really have it down as far as the sound goes, the acoustics. Because it's been there for so long and they've redone them, you know, the sound system and everything else. But there's some, yeah, there's definitely something magic about that place. Um, and that was our first gig, you know, technically. We just did a short set, but it was mm-hmm. the first time and Frontiers had, you know, had it was videoed and they aired it online, streamed it, which was really cool, you know. Um, you know, um, but and then of course, you know. We moved on to bigger plays. We've played there now, what, three times, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. I never take it for granted. Never. Yeah. And we'll be there again in the fall. 
I think we're mm-hmm. going to finish the fall tour at the whiskey in November. So, yeah. oh, very yeah. nice. What, what, when is that? Uh, <laughs> you know, late November. Well, maybe? we're yeah. it's all being routed right now. At this point, it looks like we're going to start uh, the end of October. Well, middle of October in the mm-hmm. uh, East Coast Midwest. It looks like the first show might be actually Ohio. And uh, and then move on, like doing Michigan, and then I believe there's some other show. There might be there might be a Canada show, and then from there we head to the East Coast, um, and New England, you know, Massachusetts, and New Jersey, New York, yeah. where we we've, we've we've done quite well there before, you know, and uh, we'll go there. Then we then we'll come back east. I mean, excuse me, come back home uh, on the West Coast and uh, and finish it off here where we start where it all started. So there you go. You watch westboundofficial.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Insta- you know, the social socials, Instagram, Facebook, check yeah, out, that's, watch that. That's the website, westboundofficial.com. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the single is also and all the digital platforms so that you, they can uh, download that single, you know, uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple, all of them. It links up to that from the website. So any yeah. of the fans want to do that. And, you know, and I hope, you know, people love it. And I love hearing feedback, you know, and I love reading, you know, comments and feedback and things like that. I really do. I look forward to that because, you know, you get attached and you're like your children, you know, and I'm like, well, I think it's great. I think so. A couple of you know, my yeah. friends and the label loves it, but I want to know what the fans think. You know, to me, that's important. So, you know. Mm-hmm. We hear so much of doing this show about how difficult it is to tour today. You know, yeah. how you need to get like two to three groups, you know, all with their own fan base in order to be able to make it. And what's kind of what's your approach for for doing a tour? What do you what do you look for to uh, to make it financially viable? Well, we have to have a certain amount. I mean, there has to, you know, a guarantee. We start at, you know, not going lower than this. <laughs> I'm not trying to be greedy, but we got to, you know, make our nut and and pay, you know, it's got to cover expenses and make sure that everybody, you know, has, you know, leaves a few dollars in their pocket, you know, obviously a few more than that. But I'm just saying everybody's got to make their money. Um, and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a lot more expensive and it's good to have some tour support. And this new label is, is willing to do tour support, which you very rarely get from labels anymore. You know, um, that's the way it used to be, you know? Um, so that was another thing that enticed me about going with legendary artists. Uh, and you know, sometimes you would get endorsers. We do have endorsers and that helps a lot too. Um, you know, whatever it takes. Obviously, this is a new band. And I think the pandemic had not happened. The lockdown had not happened. We'd be a lot further along. But unfortunately, it was kind of like we started off and things were going strong. And it was going to start up again in 2020 with even bigger things, bigger shows and a bigger agent and everything. And then everything stopped for, you know, 18 months to two years. And so it was kind of like starting all over again, you know, and there's less venues now. So it's uh, it's a bit more dog eat dog as far as um, you know promoters and and uh, um, owners you know venue owners but you just have to hold your ground um, say no I'm not going to do that I don't play for free unless it's a charity that I believe in that's a different story I've done that before but you know you've got to stand your ground and 
And, you know, even, you know, when they're like, well, come on down. No, 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 we're not. I'm not new in this game. <laughs> I'm not a 19 year old kid who has to, you know, pay his dues again. You know, I've done that. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's but I still, you know, the great thing is it's the greatest high in the world. You know, when oh, you yeah. see looks on the face, you know, faces of the people in the audience and you see how they're getting off and, you know, they're feeling it and the vibe and the energy. It is the greatest. There, you know, there's nothing like it. And that's, you know, it's what we live for. So are, there, are the crowds a little bit different since, you know, the pandemic has lifted? Are they do you find they're, they're even more, I don't know, grateful? Or yeah, I was just going to say or... appreciative. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah, because people were cooped up for you right. know, a few years. They want to get out now. Let's have some fun. Right. And they are more grateful. Yes. Right. Agreed. Well, and it's just, you know, it's it's amazing because it seems like so many people are touring right now. So do, do you ever worry about like there's too much going on or or is that kind of like, no, the more the better? Um, You know, I think it's a little of both. You're right, because I have noticed that because nothing happened or nobody was out there for, you know, 18 months to two years. And sometimes it is a little bit overkill. And unfortunately and i kind of predicted this during the the pandemic that when everything opened up again it was going to be dog eat dog and and there are certain promoters and uh club owners that are trying to take advantage of that not all but there are some and you know i've just learned well those not kind of people i want to deal with them you know uh there's plenty of them (laughs) there's plenty of promoters there's plenty of venue owners but you know there's still venues i mean yes unfortunately some of them have closed down and didn't make it through that time but no i'm not gonna you know sell my soul to you know to play some shithole for nothing i'm not doing it you know i've done enough in my career and paid my dues and and so like as i said again you have to stand your ground and say we're worth you know i'm not we're not trying to make a killing as far as you know what we're getting paid a guarantee but no i want what 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 we deserve and and what we're worth um and that's that's what you have to stick to um there are times when you know then you go all right well then this is not going to work out for this venue so we move on to another one you know and that's and that's how you put together a route as far as touring goes you know a touring route it is the music business at the end of the day. Exactly yeah. right, my friend. You got it. And that's people forget that. You know, yes, it's yeah. they think it's all just fun and party and it's not. It's it's a lot of work. And this is our this is what we do for a living. It's not a hobby. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh yeah. You know, um, you know, we're not just doing covers, you know, on the weekends kind of thing. And that's not, you know, that's fine if that's what you're doing, but that's not what this is. You know, we've had one record out, we're working on a second one and we have videos and we've toured and, and uh, you know, I've been in some well-known bands. And so this is this is this is it. This is my livelihood and our livelihood, I should say. So there you go. You guys should get the uh, the Moby Dicks to open for you for uh, for your next show. Oh, you want me to do double duty? <laughs> yeah, right. So I do two and a half hours of the Moby Dicks or, you know, Westbound does an hour and a half. Then I do two and a half hours. I don't think so. A bit too much, and that that dilutes the waters too. You yeah, know? well, they'd have to they'd have to pay me a fortune, yeah. and even then, I'd think about, I'd have to think about it. But yeah. no, but we do. Yeah, I love the Moby Dicks too. You know, that's because we're all Zep heads. And Jimmy even did that. You know, for a bit yeah. when, Brent, when Brent was gone, Brent Woods was busy. Yeah. 
So I got Jimmy in right away when there was an opportunity. But uh, yeah, and I do that. We still do that. But everybody else has got it. You know, Tish has got the Dead Daisies and and Don Felder. You know, Brent's playing with Sebastian Bach. So you know, Phil Susan has Last in Line. So that's the thing we do here and there. But uh, but Westbound, you know, is is my you know my priority and uh, you know where my heart is. So there you go. So then when it comes to like prioritizing in the music industry, especially when when it comes down to making money, like how difficult is it to prioritize, you know, maybe the something that you want to prioritize, but it, it does it become difficult? Um, are you talking re regarding playing live, you mean? Yeah, playing live, but but even like having to make albums and stuff like that. Do you do you find sometimes it's just like, oh well, I have to earn money, so I so it's it's a little bit harder to to get to something that to, to something westbound or is it easy to to get on westbound? well uh, there's times yes but no like as far as the song that's what i love with this new label they're not you know pushing us well no you, you need a song like this no i want a song that's just like this so they give us you know like i said we got more freedom and it's not as much as like you know you got the hammer on you <laughs> coming down on you uh and the pressure um yeah, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, this is this is what we do for a living. So it's like, OK, we still got to get out there, you know, or whatever, because unfortunately, it's a bit of, a bit of juggling. Yeah, right. There's a bit of juggling. And sometimes, you know, I understand you got to do some other things here and there on the side. Some of my guys do. And I get it, you know, um, but, uh, you know, um, and of course, unfortunately, we're not making money from you know publishing really anymore unless you're fortunate enough to get a song in a tv show or a movie or something like that you know we've gotten screwed there we get screwed on the streaming so it really is the, the you know the majority of the income just comes from touring and from merchandise selling merchandise that's really live where shows. it comes from these days you know? live shows live shows yeah so yeah i i do wonder how i mean Spotify pays what three cents per stream? Something oh, like that. Disgusting. Like, it's, it's, zero it's, zero zero point one. You know, which is like that, like yeah. less than a half a penny. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's a real insult. And you know, absolutely. I He's absolutely. a cunt as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> well, my language, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, that it's, owner. It's, I heard some of the things accurate. he said. Oh, I heard some of the things he said. You know, well then they should write more songs. A guy Ugh. that's never played an instrument, never been on stage, never written a song, saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, brutal. It's uh, you know, it, it's interesting, of course, talking to you guys because you have been in the industry so long. You, you know what? What about the changes? Like, I mean, obviously, we know Spotify. I mean, it's done a lot for the music industry, but it's done not a lot for the artists. Like, what about the changes that that are? What excites you and what maybe doesn't excite you? Jimmy? I I love the fact that, that you can get your music out there instantly and on your own if you want to do it, go that route, mm -hmm. as in, you know, self-publish or uh, uh, putting it out there on your own. And you got the internet and you're hitting the whole world instantly. I like that. But at the same time, the the old way of getting the record deal and making money off albums and all this stuff it's that is just basically gone anymore so right you're not making money you get great exposure but the money is not there so that you got to hit the road 
which is great, you know. Right. My two well, cents. That's, that's what I said. That's the great about this new label. They're they're more like acting like the old like the labels used to when I was coming up. You know, the first deal that I signed. Yeah. And they, you know, they gave us some money. They're giving us some money up front. They're willing to do some tour support, you know, um, if we need it. Um, and opening for some, you know, name bands, whatever it takes. Um, they want to get behind us. And you do, that's very hard to find these days, like Jimmy pointed out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're just kind of treat you like you're fast food. You know, you're in and out. You're in and out. You know, they don't they used to, you know, they, the machine, that's what I used to call the labels. Um, they always bank. They used to bank on careers. You know, there were yeah. bands that didn't do anything, maybe till the, you know, they didn't sell it till like their third record. And then all of a sudden it was like, OK, you got to do some more. You know, we can't we can't get behind. But the least they would give you, they, they would build a career. They believed in you. Um, yeah. You know, I know a couple of bands that they were getting ready to be dropped. And if it wasn't for the fact that that record, all of a sudden, that next record took off, you know, they were going to be dropped, you know. Um, and, you know, that was the thing. At least they they would try to get behind you as, as building a career and and giving you the money, the tour support money and money up front and to do it the right way. And they would give you creative freedom. And that's hard to find, which I think we found to an extent as much as you probably can get in this day and age um unless you're aerosmith or somebody you know who sold millions and millions of records uh somebody you know to that extent um you can do in this day and age mm-hmm. now before we go i did want to ask you know you talked about merchandise as one of the ways to make money so how do you kind of maximize your merch so that it's things that people really want to buy well, I mainly it's I'm mainly on T-shirts. We're going to be getting yeah. more involved as of, you know, so far, because like I said, we started in 2019. Things started off. We had some T-shirts and then everything shut down. So we started up again last year. Um, I didn't sign. We didn't sign the deal till this year with uh, this new label. So it's just basically been T-shirts, tank tops so far. And then make sure you have men's all different sizes, women's, you know, and I trot it because I, I find that women are even, you know, more into it as far <laughs> as you like want uh, the tighter shirts and the, you know, tank tops and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know, later on, uh, later this year into next year, we're going to be definitely having more merch as far as hats and, you know, all different things. Hell, I want to have Westbound women's panties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With the dagger right yep. there, <laughs> oh, yeah. dagger right on the crotch. So right. <laughs> I figured you'd appreciate that. So so yeah, we're definitely going to expand the merch more, and uh, you know later in the year and into next year with uh, Westbound Volume Two or whatever you know as a tentative title for now. Anyway, yeah. So, well, that's great. Well, and we'll guys, you back on when when yes. you decided on the title and it's about to come out. Sounds great. Right We'd love to, yeah. love to yeah. do it. So remember, it's westbound, westboundofficial.com. You know, that's our website. You can go there, and any information regarding tours, you know, band members, regarding the you know the new singles, and all the digital platforms. The links are all there. Everything's there. It links up to Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm all the other, you know, social media sites. 
Well, Don't Stand in My Sunshine is a great song. I love it. And, and thank uh, you. You know, certainly thank want you. to keep listening to it. But I mean, I love you guys and we'll always be listening to you as long as you keep making music. So uh, we appreciate it so much, you guys being on the show. And, and absolutely, well, so people should. Fun. Yes. Thanks, guys. And thank you for those kind words. Really appreciate it. It means a lot. Like I thank said, thank you for having us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, don't, you know, don't be a stranger. We love being had. <laughs> <laughs> you know and and jimmy you'll bumps. have to come back <laughs> so, yeah thank you so I yeah it was, it was great and uh, and i urge everybody to go find westbound find don't stand in my sunshine keep listening but uh you guys are awesome and we will talk to you again thanks guys right really thank you guys it. have a great summer i hope to see you out there soon absolutely yeah, at a live show Sunshine